Anyways, praise the Lord. Everybody happy? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy. I really am. So, um, first, uh, I want to tell you about our retreat, okay? We had our annual leadership retreat this past weekend, and it was, in my opinion, the all-time best, okay? I mean, all of them been good, but this one was above, you know, uh, uh, the Lord's going to do above and beyond what you're asking or thinking. And that's really what happened. It was just powerful. And um, what made it so powerful was the one person who did come was the Lord. <laughs> if he wouldn't have come, it wouldn't have been this. But let me, I wanted to share just a quickie about it. I had an agenda, okay, for the meeting. Here was my agenda. Number one, minister to the Lord. Number two, receive ministry from the Lord. And number three, minister to each other. And we did exactly that. In fact, here's what I was thinking about. I think we ministered to the Lord way less than He ministered to us. I mean, because it was just one... The Lord just ministered to us just in an incredible way. And we were able to really minister to each other in a very powerful, powerful way. It was really, really great. And really, it gave me a lot of hope for this church. I mean, honestly, you know, one of the things that pastors always say, you know, the way you judge your church is, would you come to your church? You know, if you weren't the pastor of the church. And I was just like, man, this is a, we got some great leaders in this church. We, I mean, we really do. I'm not talking about me. I'm excluding me, okay? Put me out. We got some men that really are, here's, here's what they are. They're very humble men. They're very hungry for the Lord. And they're very spiritual. And they're very teachable. And that really creates a great, and they all have leadership calls on their life. We got a, and Becky was telling me the same thing when she came back from the women's retreat, same feeling like, oh, I got a lot of hope for this church, all these powerful women we got. And we really uh, spent some time praying, you know, for the church and really prayed a lot for the women in this church because uh, we really felt the Lord was just revealing the power that God wants to release with the women still. Uh, as the men rise up and take their place as being, you know, godly men, the women are going to rise up even more. Um, oh, yeah, and we had Gary Oates come. It was really cool. This, you know, we had our meetings. Anyway, and yesterday, the last meeting, we had Gary Oates to come, and he did a teaching, and I would like to call this teaching uh, Seeing in the Spirit for Dummies. Okay? I mean, he took this. It was the best teaching I have ever heard on this subject. Way better than anything I've ever done. I mean, way better. He made it where you would have to be, like, hating all that stuff and totally rejecting all that stuff to not be able to do what he was showing me. So I'm going to ask him to come to the church next year, first part of next year, and do that. I'm saying, I want you to come. I want that same message given to this whole church. Because anybody can see in the Spirit. And he went through the Bible and showed us and helped us. Of course, a lot of these people are already doing it. It was like, duh, for some guys... Okay, but he really did an excellent job. And he's a spiritual father. And then we had our spiritual father, Harry Bazell. We can't had just, just the last thing we did, he came and gave us a blessing and went and just laid his hands and did, you know, how Harry does. I mean, you've you got to get how he does it. But it was, it was a download from heaven. It was like God was touching us, like the Father was on him. It was just an awesome, awesome time. Now, let me just tell you what, uh, you know, those, I had those three things. Uh, I had a desired outcome, okay? I had desired outcomes. So I had an agenda, and I had desired outcomes. The desired outcomes were, one, unity. The Psalm 133 unity, where brothers, brethren dwell together in unity 
and there's a commanded, commanded blessing. There's a, where God commands a blessing, and the devil can't mess with it. And that's, you know, that we were pursuing, you know, that God would do this. That was the first thing. And one of the reasons I felt that really strong was because of the spirit of division that is in this nation right now. There's a spirit of division. You see it in families. That's one of the reasons we really went after praying for the families. We've seen like this division, divorce, spirit of divorce over it. This terrible division in the government is getting worse. I mean, just there is just division everywhere and in the church. And we believe the answer to that is Holy Spirit unity. Not what we create, but Holy Spirit unity. He brings this unity, and He quelches all the accusation, all this stuff that's flying around in the spiritual world right now. He, that was the, the first outcome I was looking for. The second one was what I call free to be me, to be the real, authentic you. And we begin to see guys begin to take masks off. And the real, beautiful man, if I can use that, which I can, the beautiful man that God created them to be was suddenly being revealed. And, you know, because that's really how we have power. A lot of people, you know, I've shared this before about the mask, how lots of people are walking around mask, and uh, I'll pick on preachers, preachers who preach really well and have great things, and people love their preaching. They tell them, you're such a great preacher. They're telling the mask that. The mask is getting all the adoration, but when they go home, they don't feel love. They feel messed up because they got their mask on. But once you pull the mask off and become the real you, because the devil's convinced you're some ugly moron, and it's an ab- absolute lie. It's an absolute lie. You're the most beautiful people there are on the face of the earth because you have this beautiful man, Christ, in you that's making, causing the real you to come forward. So we wanted to see that and continue. And then synchronization with the Trinity. I know I said Trinity because I'm not picky. I'll take either one of them or all of them. You get them all when you get one of them. But you know what I'm saying. Jesus, if you want to come, Holy Spirit, come. Father, come in. Any one of you, I'm happy. You know, however you want to express yourself. Y'all know what being synced is, don't you? Well, it's iCloud now. You don't even have to plug your iPhone into your MacBook and your iPad to get them all together. You used to have to do that. But now we don't have to do that anymore. Now we just tap into iCloud unless you're Becky who has 70 billion pictures. And I'm having to buy more space on iCloud because of her. But that's what God wants to do. He wants to seek, seek us with the heavenly realm. What God is doing in heaven, He wants to do in earth. And that's really what He was doing there. He was really doing some synchronization. I love that word, synchronization. And then the, the last thing was expectancy, is that we would be people pregnant with expectant possibilities in the Lord. You know, believing that God, because here's what God wants to do, I believe, this is what I'm expecting, the body of Christ is going to arise. And we're going to see, I've seen this mosaic, and it was beautiful. And it was, you know, a mosaic, and it was different colored, different shaped, beautiful stones. Each one of them were unique and peculiar in particular, but they were all together, and they were flowing all together as one. That was the body of Christ. And you can't do that unless there's unity, unless you're synchronized with heaven, and you're being the real you. And when you do that, this, this body of Christ is going to arise. We're going to see it arise. And you know what I loved about that meeting? Uh, just on a personal note, I made a decision, you know what, I am not going to go there and do a bunch of 
teaching myself, you know, and a bunch of stuff. I, we're just going to go there, and whatever the Holy Spirit's doing, we're going with it. I'm just going to sort of set to the side and try to facilitate what I feel like God's doing. And the men rose up, and it was really a great example of that mosaic. Because everybody was just like releasing, whatever they released, it was like perfect timing. It was God. It was what you dreamed for, you know. And it was just a really little taste of what God really wants to do with the body of Christ. When the body of Christ rises up in, in America. Amen. So, Lord, we want you to do more of that. And I did have one word from Joe Sheezy. I'm going to go ahead and share it right now, okay? I'm going to read it to you. He, he texted it to me. He was there. He, uh, I'm going to read you the text he sent me. Good morning. I'm at work. I have a word from the Lord. Repent, for the kingdom is at hand. Repenting of your sins before men will set you free. This is for someone. So if you may be that person, and it will set you free. Now, one more thing. Uh, uh, one thing that I've seen that I want to inform you of that you can get a hold of, and I've got, I'm sort of getting some more revelation on this even from... Hebrews 11.6 is really important right now. It says, Without faith, faith, it's impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We are in a time of rewards. God is releasing rewards to people. Now, let me tell you something. I shared it. I, uh, uh, Brian Kelson gave me permission to share this. He, a couple years ago, they rented your house. Angel's home, right after this tragic thing happened. They went into that house and redeemed that house. Brought children into that house, brought laughter in that house, brought family in that house, and reestablished that house, not as a house of tragedy, but as a house where a family could live and bless that house. And God has given them a, a wonderful home of their own now that they've re- bought at an unreal price, and it's got all this thing. And when they were telling me that, that scripture came out of mind, a reward from heaven. God rewarded them. And angel of the Lord is going to reward you. Okay? Let's point your... I want us to do this right now. Uh, Angel's got that house on the market. We need to sell that house, Lord. That house has been redeemed. Put a family in it that can live and continue that redemption in Jesus' name. Lord, we call for for the reward of heaven. Upon an angel now, as you are in the season of rewards, Lord. And we bless her and we call forth a buyer to come and buy that house in the name of the Lord Jesus. We can easily say that this morning because we see you doing it, Lord. And we thank you, Father. Bless her, Lord. And give angel peace as she goes through this selling a house thing. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Isn't that wonderful? But this is what the Lord showed me about it. Here's what my grandpa used to do when I was a little boy. He would give me stuff, and he would say, Don't tell anybody I gave you this. Don't tell anybody I gave you this. I was the most special human being alive. I'm looking at all my cousins thinking, and my brothers and sisters like, Yeah, y'all don't know. Granddaddy really loves me because he's giving me pocket knives. He's giving me candy. He's giving me all these little trinkets every time, and he doesn't want me to tell y'all. I wouldn't tell none of my mama, Where'd you get that knife? Oh, I can't tell you, mama. You know, somebody special gave it to me. God gave it to me. I remember one time he gave me this pocket knife. He said, anybody ask you, tell him you found it in a rabbit's track. And I would tell him, where'd you get the knife? I found it in a rabbit's track. I was dead serious about it. Well, found out he was doing that with everybody. 
they were, I started talking to my cousins, you know, you know, as adults, like, when, at Granddaddy's funeral, like, yeah, Granddaddy did, what? I thought I was the only one. So here's the point about the rewards. We're all, it doesn't matter, we're all of, the, it, it's for all of us. It's not just for, just when we did an extraordinary thing. Yeah, they did an extraordinary thing, the Kelsons did. And they got rewards. But for any of us, why? Because the Father loves us all. And He's like my granddaddy. Don't tell nobody. Don't, I, I, gotta, I want to give you this. But don't let everybody know because I don't want them jail, I don't want them fussing over it. I don't want them to know how much I really love you. And if you begin to believe that, there's rewards being released right now. They're all over the place. We saw mantles from heaven. Up there was a big thing. We saw these mantles. I'm going to take this moment here. We saw mantles from, from saints who went on who are living in glory right now. Bill Davis saw them. He saw these mantles. And the Lord was saying, which one do you want? They're available for you. If you want a mantle from the Lord, like Matthew said, I want that healing mantle. You know, different people are asking for different mantles because the Father is rewarding. Both spiritual gifts, callings, and mantles are available. Hey, let's just take the moment right now. Let's take a moment. Okay? Mantles. Elisha went over and picked up Elijah's mantle and popped the water with it and said, Where's the Lord God Elijah? You know what that water did? It jumped back because he had that double portion. He had a mantle. You know, when people go on to be with the Lord, they don't need those mantles in heaven. They leave them here for us. And God was revealing. What, what mantle would you like today? Just, what mantle would you like? Ask, just say, Lord, I, I, you know, like Matthew said, I want that healing mantle. Well, Lord, I would like that seer's mantle, a seer. I want to be a seer, Lord. Give me a seer's mantle, Lord, where I can really see even greater things. Healing, the dreams, business, kingdom businessman. You know, a joy mantle, a peace mantle, whatever it is, just whatever's in your heart today. What would you like from the Lord? A mantle. Just ask Him for them, and by faith, reach out and grab it. Because it's available. There's, there's gifts, there's talents. You know, it's just a powerful thing. Lord, we thank You for doing that. There's so much God's wanting to do right now. We're in a great age, man. I'm telling you, we are. And God is doing great things for His people, for those who would have eyes to see. And God's even helping us old, old people to see. Amen? Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. All right, listen to this. I'm going to take you on a little walk down the Scriptures a minute, okay? And I'm going to show you something uh, that the Lord's been revealing to me that's, uh, that's really been good to me. Uh, I want to read, uh, and this is like, this, this is what God is doing right now. I believe He's doing it in the earth with people. Uh, I want to read First Corinthians, no, I want to read Revelation 1. I'm going to read 12 through 16, Okay? And this, it says, Then I turned to see the voice. I, I just got to tell you this. I can't stand I was reading this thing by this guy who knows how to look at a person and tell when they're lying. And they were telling all these things of how to tell when people are lying. And he was just talking about how people deceive themselves. And a lot of people, the reason they deceive themselves so much is because they want to deceive everybody else. And they figure if they can deceive themselves, they can deceive anybody. That, that's what they were talking about. And he was... And this guy, he tested this thing on a guy who was trying to break into his house one time. And he thought he was, the guy was hanging around, and he started talking to the guy, asking him questions. And he figured, you know, he realized this guy's really up to something bad because of the, his body language and stuff. 
uh, he says, a lack of hand motion. A Paul, like, what's your name? Jack. Jack what? Uh, Jones. Like, those are little clues when somebody's lying. So, I don't know why I was telling you that, but it really ministered to me last night. And it wasn't a Christian thing I was reading. I was saying, Lord, if I got lies in me, I want to know. You know, I don't want to lie to my, I don't want to, because they see if you're deceived, you, you might not even know you're deceived because you're deceived. You know, and Lord, reveal deception to us. Reveal where we're believing lies. Because we want, you know, if you believe in a lie, you're believing something from the devil. And that's just, and you're getting fruit from the devil. And when, so the Lord will show you those lies you're believing. You can get rid of them. You know, reject them. All right, anyways, let me just do this. All right, then I turned to see the voice. Verse, uh, Revelation 1, verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, which happens to be the church, church is. And in the midst of seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool. Isn't this powerful? This is a description of the Lord. As white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass as it refined, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Isn't that powerful? And he had in his right hand seven stars. Those are angels. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance like the sun shining in its strength. All this really means something. This, I want you to know this. this they believe this happened 65, 60, I think 65 to 70 years after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Now think about it. Here's this man, John, who was with the Lord when he walked on the earth. He said it like that. We touched him. We heard him. He could have said we smelled him. We did all these things. We were with him. We know he's the truth. And here he is, 65 to 70 years later, the Lord reveals himself in a really powerful way. So powerful, the next verse he said, I fell down like a dead man. I fell down. God, this is one thing God is doing. God is going to begin to reveal Jesus Christ to people. We're in a time where, where the... That's good news. With the revelation of Jesus Christ, the person of Christ, people are going to begin to see Him and behold Him like they never have. Like John had never... Think about what John saw. He saw Jesus dead on the cross. He saw all that. He saw Him rise from the dead. He talked to Him. Jesus breathed into Him. Why? Why? And then He watched Him on a cloud go up to heaven, that elevator. That was the divine elevator, the cloud. Went up to heaven, saw that, and lived his life for 60-something years after that, following God. And then God comes in a fresh way, in a new way, and revealed himself. God's going to reveal himself to people. God's revealing himself to people right now. Already he's, he's unfolding, he's rolling back the, 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 the spiritual realm and letting us catch a glimpse. So that's one thing God is doing. The next thing God's doing right now is, is in chapter chapter 2 it starts, God begins to talk to the churches. He begins to give wisdom to the churches. He begins, in fact, one time He said, I counsel you. God is releasing heavenly counsel. He's sending out angels from heaven with wisdom for people. And He's talking to people. He's revealing to people, this is what you've got to do. He, this is where you're messing up. I counsel you is what I'm, I counsel you is what He even said. I counsel you. 
And that counsel is available to people right now. God is releasing that into the earth in a major, major way. If we will humble ourselves to hear it. And one of the great things that I've seen about the wisdom of God is this. It says wisdom cries out from the streets. We think wisdom is just going to come from the church. It's, it's out there in the world. The world is, you turn your TV on, and the world is, the wisdom angels are speaking through the events of the world. Talking to us through the, through the events of what's happening. There's wisdom in all this going on. All the shaking, wisdom is being spoken. If we could hear it. If we could just hear it. It's out there. There's wisdom for this time, for this age that we're, we're living in. Isn't that awesome? All right, the next thing is, then he goes through all that, and then Revelation 4. Woo, mercy, Lord. It's a workout going to this church. Running, jumping, you know. Yeah. I sort of like it, though. You don't have to run tomorrow. You're running, you know, I've already worn myself out. I went to church this morning. Yeah, you know, some people are sleeping through church. I'm thinking, I'm more out after church, man. Well, it's okay to sleep through church, I think. It's the way I look at it. People want to come to church and sleep? Come on. We sleep under preaching, right, Becky? <laughs> uh, at home. After these things, verse 4, 1, this is awesome. After these things, I look, and behold, so this is the next thing the Lord's doing. A door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you the things which must take place after this. In other words, God, there's an open door in heaven. God's got a revelation of heaven He's going to release. And then if you read this, okay, this is interesting. He begins to talk about the throne room of God. Have you ever read that? Have you ever thought about that? The throne room of God. He begins to describe what? The very throne room of God. He describes colors. He describes lightnings and thunderings. He describes creatures that are going around this car. He describes these elders. He reveals the secrets of God in chapter 4. Now think about this. 2 Corinthians 12. Paul the Apostle, he's saying, I went up into the third heaven and I can't tell you about it. I can't tell you what I saw. I just can't do it. There's no words. Yet God took another man and took him up there and he wrote it down and says, I want you to see this. I want you to know what Paul wouldn't tell you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the secrets of heaven. I'm telling you what. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever wondered about that? Like, wait a minute. Paul, what's your problem? Why wouldn't you tell it? You couldn't tell it for whatever reason. It was not yours to tell. But John, on the other hand, the same thing and said, hey, he's saying, I can tell it. I can tell it. Now, here's the thing. This is something really cool that's happening. Well, um, I had this experience. Okay? I never had this happen to me in my life. I was reading this and I began to read what's written down there and it was like I felt that veil I felt myself going into that place. I felt like I was there. I felt like I was hearing what he was hearing. I felt like I was seeing what he was seeing. It, was sort, of, it sort of scared me. That was, it wasn't a vision. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't some, you know, getting caught up. It was this revelation of the Word. 
that God was opening up, and I was having this encounter with God through the Scriptures. Okay? God is releasing the Scripture in a way where we can begin to experience what the Scriptures say. Not just read about it, not just hear about it, but actually go into these places. Actually step into these... Is anybody believing what I'm telling you? This is something that God wants to do because God is going to make heavenly realm. He's going to make the spiritual things. It's going to be more than just words on a paper to people who are willing, who are willing to step into that and who are willing to give God that opportunity. Okay? The opportunity really to step in. I was not, I was just as dumb as a clock just reading the Bible. And suddenly I'm getting pulled into this place. And I'm thinking, this is weird. Sitting in my house, this is weird, Lord. I'm getting into this place, and it's not like a vision or a dream, but it's having the effect of a vision or a dream, but it's through the Word. God is opening people's minds to understand the Scripture right now. Not only to understand them, but to experience them, because really true understanding really is an experience. If you really study what understanding means, it's an experience biblically, that we come into this experience with the Lord. Woo, that's good, isn't it? It's the Word becoming flesh. That's what it is. The Word becoming flesh. God is going to make it flesh in your life. He's going to make it real. It's not going to be some abstract thing. It's going to become a reality in your life. Well, I told some people about this, this thing that happened to me. I was started thinking about all the favor of, of God on my life that I have. And I got some favor. And... I was going to this meeting, and I knew at this meeting there would be prophetic words given, okay, because there was prophets there. Not just prophetic people, but prophets. So I'm thinking, I'm getting me a word today. I'm deciding up front, I'm going to get me a word. I thought, well, I don't even care if it's for somebody else. I'm taking their word. I mean, I decided, I'm getting a word one way or the other, Lord. Favor's coming to me. So I get at this meeting, and Bob Jones is meeting, so you know there's going to be some good words. And he says, oh, I got this word, okay? I got this word. And he said, it's for Robin. I said, what? No, that word's for me, too. I'm taking it for me. And Gary Oates was there. He said, shouldn't you wait to hear the word? I said, I don't even care what the word is. I don't care. If, if, God, if it's a rebuke from God, I'm, taking, I'm getting something from God right now. And this, and this is the word. Then Bob said, well, really, it's for everybody. That's what he said. It's for everybody. It's for all of us. And this is what he said. He said, I got this word, Coleman, double mantle. A Coleman lantern, double mantle. Okay? Uh, Psalm 109, 105, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's the Coleman lantern. It's a double mantle. Your word, everybody say your word. Is a lamp unto my feet. In other words, God has given us this ability to walk into the Word. Okay, there's another scripture, Proverbs 4.23, I think, that says, The path of the righteous is like the dawn, shining brighter and brighter to the full day. The path of the righteous. The path of the righteous is like the... In other words, it begins like the dawn, the breaking of the day, the sun coming up over the horizon. But it's not supposed to stay that way, shadowy. It gets brighter and brighter as we're going. And if our paths are not getting brighter and brighter, we've got off the right path. 
We've stepped off the path somewhere. We took an exit too soon. We've stepped off into the woods. I, you know, I've, we've been hiking a lot in woods, and sometimes we will be smart and decide we're going to get off the, the trail, you know, and cut, make a shortcut over and cut over to, to the, another, another part of the trail through the woods. It's always a mistake. You know, you wind up tromping back to where you were because you get lost in the woods. But if you're on the trail... And so what we have to ask ourselves, is our, is our path getting brighter and brighter? Because we, it's like with a path. We've got these Coleman lanterns from heaven on us. Listen, the world around you is dark. It's going to get darker. And some of us are looking for, our, our, our lives are based on the light of the world, the, the worldly light. It's getting darker. The Bible says it's getting darker. And we had to find our way. The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. It's because we're carrying that light ourselves. Are y'all following that? We've got that light. We're carrying it. And as we walk, it becomes brighter and brighter for us. Supposed to. And if it's not, we had to say, Lord, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Am I, off, am I off the path? Get me back on the path, Lord. Because the glory of God in the face of Christ is where we're going, Right? That's where, are y'all, in, y'all, are y'all following this? This is really, this is where God's trying to take us. He's trying to get us to believe this. He's trying to get us to look down. Do you have light on your feet? Because some of us, we've gotten too hung up on the world getting light. Well, anyways, so they have this powerful, uh, he has this powerful time. He sees all of a sudden, and then there's this worship starts. Okay? Uh, you know, up in heaven. They start worshiping the Lord. And I heard Joseph Garlington, he's a black man who has a tremendous revelation on worship. I was watching him on TV a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, and he was preaching about worship. And, and you know, he said something that was really profound. He said, I can, I can, if you ain't hearing God, I can show you how to hear God. This, it's really easy to hear God. He said, just go sit down and raise your hands and start praising and worshiping God. He said, if you'll just do that, God will begin. He said, that's... That's how, that's how I hear God. I always hear God in worship. And he's lived his life out of revelation. He's lived his life out of just worshiping the Lord, and God speaks to him. And that was why we were you know, saying that this morning about the worship, that God really is trying to bring us into an encounter of worship because he's in it and he's speaking in it. And that's really cool, man. And one of the things that really got me, man, when I was having that encounter through the Word, it's in verse 8 where it says, Holy, holy, holy. I was hearing that. I wasn't just reading it. I was hearing it like I was hearing those people up in heaven. Okay? The four living creatures. They were saying, Holy, holy, holy. Man, I'm telling you something. That was really a powerful moment in my life. And I actually began to hear through the Word something that was happening in heaven to hear it. So we can begin to experience these things. Holy. You don't think that won't mess you up? It kind of messes your theology up a little bit. You know, because ooh, this is bigger than I thought, Lord. Alright, then in verse 5, okay? Now, like I shared this morning, I'm really good in Revelation up to chapter 5. Okay, and then from there on, it just goes down the tubes for me. You know, it's like, uh, there's some scary stuff in there, man. Have you read that stuff? I mean, it scares the fire. Let me read. I was reading some this morning, and Becky had read something about some meteor. That's just meteor going to come near Tuesday night. And maybe we can go see it. And I was reading about a star that fell to the earth. I'm thinking, 
man, one of these days, a big old meter is going to fall out of heaven and hit the earth. It's going to happen. It's, it's in the Bible. Some of this stuff is like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. There's a place in the Bible where it says these angels kill over two billion people. They kill a third of the people on the earth. These angels. I'm talking angels from God. I'm not talking about demons. They kill over two billion people. Can you imagine that day when those angels get loose and they kill all those people? It's like, whoa! This is scary, man! I told the Lord, I don't want to be here when those angels start. I don't want to be here with none of that stuff. Get me out. Get me out of chapter 5, the first couple of verses. I don't want out of here. But I was thinking that I may have... I may have kids or grandkids or great-grandkids on the earth in those days. You know, we really want to impart to them what they need. But this is the cool thing. I want to read this. And I just told you that to sort of get you reminded because there's these seals that they open. And, and you, know, like, you know, we think we got bad economy right now. There's a seal they open, and it's so bad that people can barely afford to buy food. It, the economy is so bad. Food prices go skyrocketing. A seal that gets broken open. And there's another one, this horse, the guy who's riding it, it's called death. And it says, hell follows him. I mean, I'm thinking, whoa, man, this is not good. This is a bad day on planet Earth when all this stuff starts happening. But this is, this is the thing I want you to get. This is the thing the Lord showed me. It says, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with those seven seals. Okay? Then I saw a strong angel. It didn't just say an angel. It said a strong angel. There's angels and there's strong angels. I can imagine those strong angels were some of those killing all these people. So any angel could beat us up. There's a strong angel. So this is a, had to be a very powerful angel. A strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals. Loose its seals. Think about this. Here's an angel. The Father has this thing. And this angel is saying, who's going to release all this terrible stuff on the earth? Who's worthy to do this? Okay? Now, I'm thinking, I hope nobody's worthy to do it. I'm hoping nobody does. You think, I don't want them to open them seals up, right? We don't want some horse that's going to cause the economy to totally collapse where we might not even better feed our babies. You know, who wants that? Yet the Father's the one who has it. And the angel's saying, who's going to open it? Now think about that, okay? Okay. And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth all right, first of all, under the earth, bad place. Right? Have you thought about that? Like, what's well, under the earth, man? I was telling in the first service, this under the house thing. I was crawling under houses. Man, it's like God bless plumbers and electricians that have to crawl under houses. I'm, I mean, I take two or three days when I know i got to change the water filter because I have to crawl under the house. I open it up and, like, you know, if there's any critters, maybe they'll get out and... I am always make sure when I go in there, it's high noon and the sun's shining on it. I'm scared. I don't like that. There's spiders under there. It's a terrible place under a house. Okay? I'm just trying to give you a picture. And think about under the earth how awful that place is. 
I don't know what's under there, but I don't really want to go under there. One time, Beggars reminded me, I was under the house, I was expecting a phone call, so I took my phone under there. And there was a snake under there, and I got out faster than that snake could get out. But I left the phone. And somebody was calling me, and I needed to talk to them. And I had to go back and get the phone. I was like, oh, God, please, why do I have to do that? I mean, just the thought of having to change that filter right line, it's like, oh, man, I was talking, i got to talk to a plumber. they got to move that thing. Move it where I can get to it. Well, under the earth. So these people, these angels looked everywhere there was and couldn't find anybody thus far. So I wept much. People who don't think there's weeping in heaven, it's right there. I wept much. As Scott Forsythe told me, there is no weeping in New Jerusalem. But in heaven right now, there is weeping going on. There it is right there. I wept much because no one was found worthy. Isn't that awesome? No one was found. Does this tickle you when you think about this? Doesn't it just do something to you when you start thinking about all this stuff? No one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. No one. They couldn't even look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose the seven seals. The line of the tribe of Judah, the Lord Jesus himself, is going to loose those seven seals. He's going to loose those horses. He's going to loose death and Hades into the earth. He's going to loose economic calamity. He's going to loose all those terrible things. He's going to loose those angels that kill over two billion people. Jesus Christ Himself. Now, you could even think, well, dang on, why is Jesus so mad? You know? Or you could think, well, that makes me kind of feel good about all that stuff. Because Jesus is doing it. And I'm with Jesus. I'm in. I'm part of the family. If He's going to wreak havoc, I don't have to worry about the havoc because I'm with Him. And He's with me. I'm on the inside of the guys doing it. You see that? Doesn't that bring you comfort about end times? Have you ever noticed that some people who are fixated on end times, enamored with end time stuff, do you know people like that? And a lot of times, these people are miserable Christians. They're drunk. They're beating their wives. They're cussing. They're using drugs. Except for Scott Forsythe. <laughs> He's not, he knows a lot about the end times. I said that in the first service, and he was asking me why I didn't exclude him from that group. I thought, well, everybody knows you're not like that, Scott. You know? See, there's nothing wrong with being curious about those things, but being enamored with them. Does that, is that sort of irritating when you get around Christians that are like that? Oh, they talk about the end times. And you're like, get a job, man! Your kids are starving! That's what you want to say to them. You know? I mean, I'm sort of the way I feel. You know, why are you so enamored with all that and you can't even take care of business right at hand? You know? Well... You know, because we get fixated on these end times. Or the Lord said, how about fixated on the times we live in? Okay? Now, this is the point. If Jesus, we've we got to get something here. 
Okay, I'm done with Revelation. I can't go. Like I said, the rest of it is like somebody else can do that. I'm not into that. I'm scared of that. Jesus, I know you're doing it, but it still scares me. You're really scary, Lord. You know, I don't really like no death, no horse with some death and hell horse. You know, I don't really like that thought. I'm not going to think about that, Lord. But uh, the Lord, you know, wants to help the believers. Okay, now this is where this whole thing's going. Okay. There's a lot of what I call sad sack Christians around me. Okay? There's a lot of Christians, you cannot have a conversation with them without them going into some negative thing about the terrible things that are going on in their life or going on in somebody's life. And then you try to change the subject with them, and they'll change for with you for, for 30 seconds, and then they go right back. Okay? And you feel like you're getting sucked into a negative, to a vacuum. You know, because everything is negative, everything is sorrowful. They're caught up with these times that we're in right now. Okay? They're being pulled under by these times. They're letting the difficulty of these times destroy them and eat them alive. And they're negative and they're messed up. So I feel like what the Lord was trying to share with me when He brought me through all this is like, Byron, you can be all day long, you can be upset with those Christians that are enamored on the end times, but how about all of you who are so ate up by these times you're living in? What about that? It's the same thing. You just got your eyes on something else. You got your focus on something else than you should have it on. Are y'all following that? Well, um... Would you like some practical counsel here? Uh, all right. So here was the questions. How do we live and what should be our focus? See, God really wants to help us right now. He wants to get rid of the sad sacks crowd. You know, we need to get rid of all this sadness and people that are all messed up. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you what he showed me or what he's showing me, what he's teaching me. You know, first of all, I'm going to read Matthew 6.33 again and remind you about that verse. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Okay? Seek for, And if you remember, if you were here last week, I talked about that's one of God's math verses. That God's a mathematician. Okay? He really is. He's into math. Big time into math. So, if you don't seek first the kingdom... These things that you have put before the kingdom that you're seeking after, the very things that you want, the very things you need, the very things you desire that you have put before the, before the kingdom and His righteousness, guess what's going to happen? The opposite. There's a subtraction that starts happening in your life. And that's what's happened to us. That's why we got so many sad and messed up Christians because subtraction is happening. They're losing. They're in this lost mode. And they're losing things, and, and God's not adding to them. Things are being taken. They're losing things because the very things they're going after, the very things they want is creating a poverty of soul in them. Okay? Are y'all following that? Y'all not happy about that verse. I know you're not, but you should be. Okay? Now, let me read this verse to you. Philippians 4, 12 through 13. I'm going to read it to you from the Williams New Testament. Okay? This is really good. All righty? Because... This is Paul saying to us. Paul's giving us some counsel here. He's saying, listen, I've got a secret. I found out the secret how to deal with this addition and subtraction thing. I know how to deal with it. He says, I know how. This is what he said. I know how to live in lowly circumstances 
and I know how to live in plenty. Okay? I have learned the secret. Okay? He's telling us the secret. He's telling us the secret to live in difficult times. He's telling us the secret when we feel like we're being stripped to the bone. He's telling us a secret when everything don't seem to be going right in our life and it just doesn't seem to be going. He's saying, I've got a secret to tell you. This is how you do this. I learned a secret. In all circumstances, okay, of either getting a full meal or going hungry. Now, that's getting down to the bone there, buddy. I don't know if anybody in this room right now who's in that state, there's no food at home. Okay? I'm not going to eat today unless God does a miracle. But there are people in this town that are like that. And Paul, but Paul experienced that. Okay? That's why I wanted to use that to really bring out the practical reality of life. Getting a full meal or going hungry. Of living in plenty or living in, or being in want. Listen to this. I can do anything. Listen to that. I can do anything through Him. It gives me strength. He's telling us the secret. This is how you live in these days. This is how you live in this time. Whether you're being blessed and you're in a flush mode right now in your life, or you may just be like, good Lord, where's the blessings of God? What happened? You know, Lord, I'm not going to be able to make my rent this month. I'm losing everything. I'm losing it all, Lord. Paul said, this is what you do. I can do anything through Him who gives me strength. I looked up that word uh, I can do. It says or anything. I have, this is what it literally means, I have power for all things through Him who puts a dynamo in me. I have power for all things because God has put a dynamo in me. And Paul was saying, this is how you're going to get through this. No matter where you are in your life, you've got this dynamo in you. And if you'll tap into that dynamo, now, listen to this, okay? There's this, this right here is a multiplication verse, okay? I figured this out. This is a multiplication. Uh, Hudson Taylor, one of the great fathers of the missionary movement, he said this, God's work done God's way never lacks God's supply. Think about it like this. God's work, let's just use the number five. Done God's way times whatever God's way is. Let's just say it's one. Five times one equals one. But suppose five times one is what? I say one? I'm not even. That's a different math. That's new math. <laughs> that's modern math. God's work times God's way. Zero equals what? Zero. See, this is what, what I see with a lot of people. A lot of people are getting zeros in their life right now. They got callings, but they're trying to not. They're not doing it God's way. And the multiplication of heaven is working against them. Zero. You're getting zero equals zero. It'll equal zero every time. Well, I have a friend. This is, he shared this. Okay, recently. This is what he said. He said this. I can do all things. I can do all things. Then he began to talk about his calling. He began to talk about the things going on in his heart because he was doing all things. And what was happening with him? He was in a lost mode. He was in a lost mode. He was losing grace to do anything 
he began to treat his family incorrectly. And he began to have thoughts that were corrupting to him. Because he quit doing the, the basics. He quit seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And sooner or later, you're going to go from subtraction to negative multiplication. And that's really what was happening in his life. Do y'all see that? And he was, like, really frustrated and messed up. Which, you know, of course you would be. Are y'all, y'all getting this? See, this is how we're going to get through this moment. And see, it's really easy for him. It was just like a confession of repentance, and he's back in to God adding to him, to God putting grace in him to do what, what's really in this dude's heart, because he has a lot of compassion. I've seen this guy move in compassion. But he said, I quit doing it out of compassion. I started doing it out of, I can do this. You know, it's really the truth. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Just because you can do something doesn't mean it's wise. That's what those wisdom angels will tell you right off the bat. Just because you can do that doesn't mean it's wise. You know, God really wants to help us. I can do all things through God, through Christ, who has put this dynamo in me. And when I get back to that dynamo, I get back into addition. I get back into the multiplication of my life. I quit coming up with zeros. Because sooner or later, you come up with no zeros, you're going to... It ain't going to be a good test. It's not going to be a good good thing. Amen? Like, are y'all okay? Y'all getting all serious acting. All right, we're near about at the end. I love all this. This is great. Like, listen, Philippians 4. Okay, well, the preacher loves it, but the congregation doesn't. What's the deal here? There's a disconnect here. Philippians 4. All right, I had a dream last night. Okay, the dream was very vivid. Okay, there were people in the dream that I know. Okay? And some of them were losing their mind. Okay? They were losing their mind. And I was like, in the dream, I was trying to deal with, like this one particular guy, I was trying to deal with, I was trying to help him, and I realized he's losing his mind. What he's saying is crazy. He's saying crazy stuff. He's doing crazy things. And I woke up, and I knew the Lord was saying, these people, this is the enemy's plan for their life. Because of the world we live in, the darkness and the trouble that we live in is coming, that we are going to face. There are going to be people where the enemy has targeted them, and he is going to go after them, and they could literally lose their mind. And these are not, these are great people, some of us. And I was saying, Lord, how am I going to tell them that? Because if I said that to them, it would just be so discouraging. And it would, they would feel messed up, and they may even be me, but fear in their life. Because if somebody told me, I was, the devil's going to cause you to lose your mind, I'm thinking, man, that's not a good report. I need some help here, Lord. So I was asking the Lord, how do you, what do I tell them, Lord? What do I tell them to do? They've got to do something. You're revealing the enemy's plan. They need to be able to counteract this plan. And he gave me this scripture, Philippians 4, 4 through 7. This is what you and I have to do. This is our protection. This is all of our safety for these times we live in. Okay, if we want to get through these times, this is what's going to get us through and be victorious and not be overcome. Well, I got my checkered flag shirt on today. Right? Because I'm a winner. Right? I'm winning, man. I'm not going to lose this race. I'm not going to lose this battle. I'm a win. 
But here's how I'm going to win. I really want you to get this. All right, this is what Paul says in that same Philippians 4, 4 through 7. He said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Okay, that's the first thing. Again, I will say it to you. It's like Paul was saying, Listen, you've got to get this. Again, I will say to you, You need to be rejoicing. Okay? Because um, a rejoicing heart, it's, it focuses you. You, 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 if a person who's rejoicing is focused on something to rejoice about. If you're focused on all your difficulties, all your sorrows, what God is not doing for you, how this has happened, how that has happened, all the breakdown in your life, if that's what you're focused on, you're not going to be rejoicing about nothing. Okay, but he's saying, you know, look at what God's doing, what God has done. Focus on that and begin to rejoice. Then he says, because let your gentleness be known to all men. Otherwise, you're going to be a grumpy, crummy, ill Christian. There's not going to be gentleness coming out of you. There's going to be harshness coming out of you. You're going to be full of criticism. You're going to be full of accusation. Y'all follow that? I mean, this is really, you can tell. You, you'll get into this negative frame of mind, and you will exude negativeness. Okay? So he was saying, let this gentleness of Christ that's in you come forth by rejoicing, and it'll come out. The Lord is at hand. I always thought this is what this meant. Well, Jesus is coming back soon. Actually, you know what he really means? Paul's saying this. No, Jesus is right here. He's right here in your midst. He's right here when you're chewing your wife out. He's right here when you're being a bad person and making an accusation and criticizing people behind their backs. Finding fault. He's right there. Jesus himself, that person who opened the seals, is right there. That glorious person with fire in his eye. He is right there. It really, you know, we need to be falling down like dead men at that moment. Like, oh, I need to fall down like a dead man, Lord. Okay, then he says this, be anxious for nothing. That's what the Bible says. Be anxious for nothing. But, then he tells you how to do it. In everything, by prayer and supplication. In other words, you, your situation is causing you anxiety. You pray about it with thanksgiving. You be thankful when you pray. You have a thankful heart. You go to God, Lord, you know, I'm losing my job, Lord. You know, I can't make it. Well, how am I going to do? Oh, Lord, I just pray you do something. But, Lord, I so thank you I had that job for 28 years. I thank you so much for what you have done for me, Lord. You're, you're a good God. Thank you for touching me. Thank you that you promised me. You, you know, there's something. And when we begin, again, it's like focusing. It focuses us up on God in the spiritual realm. It's really how you do it. Is this helping anybody? Then let your request be known with that kind of thing going on in your heart. Okay? Then, this is what happens. Because this is what the Lord was showing about these people. This is their answer for this thing the enemy wants to do. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard. Everybody say guard. It will guard your hearts and minds for anything the devil brings against you. You have this peace in you. It's like what I like to call the positive pressure. I've got a positive pressure in me where nothing is coming into me that's not supposed to because there's something positive in me pushing out. And if we're a negative, if we're a negative vacuum, stuff can come right into you. But if you're a positive 
and you are pushing out positive. You're pushing out thankfulness. You're pushing out rejoicing. Lord, help me. I praise you and worship, but I still need a job. You know, I praise you and worship. Lord, I still need a breakthrough. But I'm believing you. I'm trusting you because you're good and I'm not going to accuse you. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm, going to, I'm just going to say thank you, Lord. And I'm going to stand in that. And I'm going to let that be the thing that's going on inside of me. And as we do that, this guard, it's literally it says it will set up a garrison around you. One of the pictures is like a, remember the western shows of the forts with the big old log walls? That's one of the pictures. It builds that around you where the devil can't get in there. The only people who can get in there is whoever the gatekeeper says can get in there. Or another picture. Here's a great picture. A garrison of heavenly soldiers that you're walking around in the midst of these heavenly soldiers that nothing could get in there. That's what Scott was, we was talking about. This. Scott and I were talking about the New Jerusalem when it comes down into the midst of the world. All this tragedy and de- negative in the world. But the, the New Jerusalem is sitting down in the midst of it, but there's like a bubble around it that none of that stuff can get into. It might go up and punch this bubble, but it can't get through. And God wants to put us in that bubble right now. Yes, we're living in a world of sorrow. Yes, we are going to have difficulties. Yes, you know, mamas are going to die. Babies are going to have miscarriages. We've had all that. But we've had a bubble also that we decided we're going to live in the bubble. And we're not going to let that stuff destroy us and pull us down. And when we begin to cultivate this in our life, we have an answer for ourselves and for other people in this sorrowful old world we live in. Because Jesus says it's going to be bad. He said it's going to get dark. It's going to get darker. But I put Coleman lanterns on your feet so you can walk. It's called the glory of God in the face of Christ that you can walk in this world. And your path, you can see your path. You're going to know which way to go. Do y'all, y'all follow this? God, See, God is interested in us. He's going to reveal Christ. He's going to give us counsel. Okay? He's going to give us an open heaven. He's doing all that. He's going to reveal. People are going to go up there. We can do it. See, that's what makes me so excited about that Revelation 4. Paul couldn't talk about it, but John could. He was giving us the key. You want to go? That's what he was. Paul was basically saying, well, I got to go and I can't talk about it. Hey, I just want to get that point into us. I went and I heard stuff. I'm sorry, I can't talk about it. Well, take on, man. That ain't fair, is it? It's not fair. God said, don't worry about it. I'll give you the key to get in there yourself. John's going. Once he goes, you can go. Because he opened the door. I didn't shut it. I stuck a prop in the door and left it open for you. And I believe more and more people are going to begin to have these experiences like that. And I think the Word, the Scriptures, is really vital it's not a, just a vision and a dream. We're into that, okay? But we're going to have some counters in the Word that's going to pull us into that place. And man, when you hear holy, holy, holy being sung by these creatures, that's a different day in your quiet time. Suddenly in your quiet time got a little bit wild. Something, wait a minute, man, I'm hearing stuff. But it's good stuff. It's right there. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. I tell you, when I heard that, man, it was gripping to me. It was gripping. It gripped me in a way. I mean, like, boy, that's powerful, Lord. And I was saying, man, I wish we could sing that like they do it. Well, we're going to go, as we keep going, we're going to get more and more of this stuff. 
Okay? I mean, God really is interested in helping you and I. He really is. And He's saying, listen, you're, you're with the guy. You're with the guy. You're, it's not like you're out there and they're releasing these bad stuff. You're with the guy causing the bad stuff. Okay, he's over shaking. I think I'll stand right beside him. Yeah, I'm going to stand really close to him because he's causing all this stuff to be shaken. And he ain't shaking. It's the unshakable kingdom, Hebrews 12. The unchangeable person, Hebrews 13. Okay? Does this excite you? I'm telling you, if we can get a hold of this, if we can really begin to walk this out and live this, some changes will start happening in our life. Things will begin to become different. I'm telling you. You want to do that, Becky? Cecil Davis, Revelation. Why don't you all stand up? I'm going to release a Cecil Davis anointing to you, which is my mother. She had a man's name, but she... um, her life revelation was that Philippians 4 to be anxious for nothing she lived I heard that message from her all my life and um, and really it was so powerful because even as at the end of her life when she was dying she had Alzheimer's she was still quoting the scripture to us she still was so in tune with the spirit because she'd lived off of that and so I want to release that to you because she lived her life that way. But this is the one thing my sister was caught up in the heavenly realm the morning she died. And she saw my mom and dad dancing. They met each other dancing. So they were dancing. And this was the song that they were dancing to, and it was like a message to us. And some of you have heard it, but I just felt to give it to you. It says, I hope you never lose your sense of wonder. To get your, get your fill to eat, but always keep that hunger. May you never take one single breath for granted. God for, and God forbid love ever leave you empty-handed. I hope you still feel small when you stand by the ocean. And whenever one door closes, I hope one more opens. Promise me, this is what she was saying, you'll give faith a fighting chance. And this is the main thing, is when you get the choice to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. And, I, you know, this is, I, I'm, this is a message to all six of us kids. But I really felt this morning to give you that anointing from her. One thing that happened with us, um, the, she died in March. Byron and I went to China in April. In four, less than 48 hours before we went to China, our daughter lost her second baby by miscarriage after trying to have a baby for over four years. And so I knew, and I could hear my mom saying, I hope you dance, go. I wanted to stay home and be with my daughter. And I know we've all faced circumstances, okay? And I remember when I was laying on the bed in China and I finally got there and knew the Lord absolutely had us to be there. I just looked up and I said, Mama, I danced. (laughs) So I want to release this prayer over you about being anxious. And this is the way my mom described us, described our lives, and we can absolutely do this. I want you to hold a plate out. This is what she said, put it on a plate. And we hold our plates out of all of our stuff that we're worrying about, and we, we, we present it to the Lord and say, Lord, we will be anxious for nothing. But by all things prayerful, Lord, with thanksgiving, we'll let our requests be known to you. 
And Lord, we just know that that peace is coming now. Woo, you feel that? Wow. Wow. That peace come in our mind now, in our hearts. Guard our hearts. Guard our minds, Lord. Day and night. Lord, we'll keep giving it to you. And I just release that anointing right now to live. To live this way. To live this way. I just release that Cecil Davis anointing this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that anointing and that gift, Lord, that will go on for generations. We just thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Oh, yeah, I just feel that peace, that heavenly peace. It's like, woo, yeah, it's that heavenly dove coming down. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Woo! Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. We just bless your name. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Oh, yeah, he wanted me to do this. So my mom also had one more anointing I want to give you. Israel. My mom was a Baptist, but instinctively had a love for Israel. I grew up on a love for Israel, supporting Israel, saving Jews from Russia, bringing them back to Israel. She really had that, and I just think that is very important. It's another thing for the body of Christ not like, because here's what the Word says. In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And this is what the Lord has said to me recently. Make no mistake about it. Your prosperity, your personal prosperity, the nation is tied to the nation of Israel because of that. So, Lord, I just released that anointing this morning, Lord. Deeper, deeper, a love for Israel, an understanding about Israel, Lord God, the importance of why we bless Israel, why we support Israel, why we honor the Jewish people, Lord. I just release that right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just let that release, Lord, and let the blessing of this house, Lord, just let the blessing flow. Let it flow, Lord, as we tap in. Lord, as we tap in to really understand that in the nation of Israel, all the nations of the earth are blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I just wanted to share this real quick just to give you something that the Lord gave me last week. um, And it goes right along with what Byron was sharing. Um, I was just crying out to the Lord, and I looked up, and I saw this book, and it was called My Daily Strength, and it's by um, Samuel Doctorian. And I just knew that the Lord, even though I wasn't really going to read it, because it, it, I just didn't know what it was pertaining to, but I took it down off the shelf because I felt like the Lord wanted to speak to me. I started reading the first part, and this is the part that I felt like the Lord said, this is for you, you need to take hold of this, and I, and I feel like this is just to give to you guys. He said that one thing he's always done throughout his life, and he um, is a father in the faith that, that my parents used to listen to speak, but he lived, what, what is he? He's, he's Lebanese. He's Armenian. Okay. But he lived right in Lebanon, right? And um, I just remember waking, I remember when I was little watching on TV, like things that were going on, just, just um, rioting and just different war kind of things going on there and knowing he was there and just thought whoa how did he get through that well i was reading and it was saying he said every day i took three pills and these were the pills i took 
One was Thanksgiving. And I thank the Lord for my pillow. I thank the Lord for my family. I thank the Lord for everything He was doing. You know, and just set my mind on things above. And then I took the pill of praise. And I started to praise the Lord for who He was. I really just praised Him. And first service, Becky was talking about what happens when we praise is we really do get in line. It really is our center. It gets us centered with Him. And so then the third thing he said was the third pill he took was the pill of contentment. And it was that scripture that Byron was reading about in everything and in plenty and in hunger, I learned to be content, you know, and really that in all things, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I just want to give that to you guys because I really think that was a key that the Lord was giving me from heaven. And I want to give you that just to take those three pills every morning, to be thankful, to praise the Lord for who He is, and to be content knowing that we can do all things through Him who strengthens us. That's really good, isn't it? All right, what we want to do, we want to dismiss you since we're 10 minutes over. But nobody's complaining yet. But we would like to offer for people who would like to come up, and we would like to pray for you. I know uh, there's people who feel like they're in that times zero moment. They're just like getting zero. We want to pray for you, okay? I know that some of you feel like things are being taken from you. You just feel like you're losing. We want to pray for you with thanksgiving. We want to just just release, you know, the Lord and help you with this time. So, and to get this Cecil Davis anointing, to get this Samuel Doctorum three-peel anointing, that that would become the reality of our lives and that we could really be the victors that God has called us to, everyone else to be in Christ Jesus because God is helping us. Amen. So we'll get some people out here to pray, and you come on up, and we'll just, just pray for you. And the Lord bless you and keep you.